0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Who Knows? A podcast where I just read things. I like to read, pretty good at it. So I just read random stuff. If you're new here, get with the program. I'm, uh, find some pretty good stuff. Um, this, this episode's going to be a little bit explicit. So, if you don't like kids listening to uh, swearing or anything like that, um, you probably should turn this episode off, but um, I just read it, okay? It's not my idea. It's not my um, how I feel, particularly. I'm just a reader right here. So enjoy. We'll get right into it. We got here from thefader.com. Uh, this was in May 2019. In an interview with NoFX's Fat Mike, Punk Rock's Notorious Punk. For the first time, the NoFX frontman opens up about the fallout of his tasteless mass shooting jokes in Las Vegas and how it influenced his new album, You're Welcome, by alter ego, Koki the Clown. If you don't know anything about NoFX, you probably should just check them out. But I'm just going to give you a little interview with the uh, singer. Fat Mike is sitting across from me at his newly purchased property in Van Nuys, California, sporting a deflated pink mohawk in a striped dress that's too small for his body. Lately, the 52-year-old no-fix frontman has taken to donning short skirts and lingerie. Later tonight, he'll perform for a room full of people while dressed as a coked-up clown. This is a man who, for his entire career, has thrived on attention. Last May, though, he got more of it than he bargained for. While NoFX was performing at Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival in Las Vegas, he and his bandmate Eric Melvin made some off-color jokes about the shooting at Route 91 Harvest Festival that killed 58 people and wounded over 400. It was the deadliest mass shooting in the history of the United States, and it had happened just eight miles away, eight months prior. This is what he said. I guess you don't get shot in Vegas unless you're in a country band. That's what Eric Melvin said. He's a bass player. Instantly eliciting some groans from the audience, that sucked. Mike added, but at least they were country fans and not punk rock fans. That was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. For those who haven't been following No Effects over their 36-year existence, they've made a career out of crude jokes. The cover of one of their most in, their most famous albums, 1996's *Heavy Petting Zoo*, features a man sexually pleasuring a sheep. A documentary was once made about them touring the world, doing the things they were best known for, namely snorting copious amounts of drugs, visiting S&M clubs. On any other day, this likely would have passed as another example of NoFX being punk's boorish gestures, but the news cycle was in a particularly weird place that week in 2018. That same week, Roseanne Barr was facing public blowback for a tweet in which she likened Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett to an ape. Resulting in ABC canceling her show, in turn, right-wingers were clapping back at comedian Samantha B for calling Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt, for which she ultimately issued an apology. The outrage pendulum swung back and forth like this until it eventually struck all the people, four idiots, of all people, four idiots in a punk band. Video footage of NoFX's Vegas show wound up on TMZ three days after their performance. The band soon found itself trending on social media and facing real-life consequences. Fox News quickly picked up the story, grinding the event into outrage, gruel for their conservative viewers who demanded repercussions for the injustice. The band's beer sponsor, Stone Brewing Company, Company, announced that it would be severing all our ties with NoFX, including festival sponsorship and the production of our collaboration beer. Additionally, NoFX was reportedly kicked off their own music festival, the Ohio based Camp Punk and Drublik, by its organizers who issued a statement saying the festival producers in Camp Punk and Drublik are shocked and disappointed by the band's recent statements. The band was scheduled to perform that weekend, but was replaced last minute by The Descendants. The following week, the band issued an apology via Facebook saying they crossed the line of civility Mike later griped via Instagram that the band was not welcome to play any big venue in the United States further galvanizing his loyal fan base. Mike had found himself in situations like this before. In 2010, TMZ reported that he was banned from an Austin venue for telling an audience he tricked them into drinking his urine. In 2014, the website posted vi- footage of him kicking a fan in the face, but the reaction to the Vegas incident felt heavier than any pushback they'd ever received. It appeared as though the days of no is Consequence-free shock humor might have finally expired in the age of smartphones and social media. It seemed like the uncancelable had been canceled. Mike has been uncharacteristically quiet since then. This month, though, he's returned with your welcome, a solo record by a sporadically revived sad circus alter ego, Koki the Clown. The record is filled with maudlin songs about death, depression, and betrayal. There are also traces of lingering resentment over the Vegas incident peeking through. Quote, so fuck you all who like to watch me fall for those who need to step on someone to feel tall. Unquote. I met up with Mike at the spacious compound in Van Nuys, Van Nuys where he is currently renovating the grounds in their hollowed out house, drained pool, and unkempt tennis, tennis court. His publicist has kept interview requests at bay for the last year, but his first interview about the incident, he seems remorseful to the Vegas residents that he hurt. In true Fat Mike fashion, though, he is still brazenly outspoken about it. The reaction to it. When did you first realize people were angry about the Vegas incident? Fat Mike says, Wednesday. I said it Sunday night in Vegas. Really, Eric Melvin said it, and I was just trying to save him. It's funny how you don't hear that part where I say, that was a terrible tragedy about those country fans. It was insensitive, yet funny, but I was in Vegas. I hung out with I hung out the next day at the pool, and the next day, too. No one said anything. In fact, the punk rock bowling organizer, Sean Stern, asked if I could write an apology letter to a Muslim professor that was upset. About that comment? No, I said way worse things that night, but I didn't say anything about Muslims. It was just our song, 72 Hookers, which is about sending prostitutes instead of troops. So he thought it was against Muslims. It's not, so I wrote him a letter. And then Wednesday, Sean was like, yeah, there's something bigger now. But I said, ah, whatever, TMZ. I've been on there a few times before. No big deal. I took a nap, woke up, and SGE founder, John Reese, was like, we're canceling Punk and no NoFX has had a long career of saying outlandish things, and any backlash has seemed to bounce off you. This seems to be the first thing that really stuck. Why do you think that is? I know why it is. It's because the Republican Party went after us. The day before, Roseanne said that the thing said that thing about black people they needed someone i out trended trump and roseanne on facebook we looked up all the people who were saying shit, and they were all bots all accounts with no friends that's why it happened but the repercussions were real the repercussions came from stone beer and from john Reish at sge they're the ones who canceled everything there were no other repercussions we had our shows canceled but it was our partner that made the decision to cancel so do you believe that most people, music fans, and people who follow NoFX weren't actually offended? No way. Some people may have been offended but by it, but so what? We got death threats. I didn't look at I didn't look at the internet. I told everyone not to, but Eric and guitarist El Jefe did, and they were so fucked up because of the death threats. Like, we didn't shoot anybody, you fucking assholes. We just made a comment on who the members of the NRA are. I bet you there's more country people in the NRA than punk rockers. Do you think, we're making a banter record, by the way, of stuff we've said on stage. It's called, you think Vegas was bad? Is that something you really want to do? I'm doing it, yeah. What else is on there that you think would incense people more than that? Well, that night in Vegas, I said, hey, everyone, this is Jefe. He's a rapist, also known as a Mexican. But people aren't scared of him because he's no upper body strength. That's way worse. That's way more offensive. We're comedians. No effects are comedians. You guys have been around since the 80s. Do you think your style of comedy can still work now? Yeah, sure. I don't know about the U.S. The U.S. is turning into some Puritan Quaker country where everyone gets offended. Do you think a band like No Effects could start up now? I don't know. The people defending me when I said that, it wasn't very many people. The only two I can think of were Laura Jane Grace and Sick of It All. No one wanted to get on my side. No one wanted to touch us, which is why I wrote on the internet that we got banned in the U.S. You said in that post that you were effectively banned from playing big venues in the U.S. What prompted that? Well, we had 10 shows canceled. The venues canceled? No, our promoters canceled. My partner. I didn't say who canceled it. I just said we were effectively banned in the U.S., which Fox News picked up, saying, Fat Mike responds to being banned in the U.S. That was so fucking great. That's how fake news they are. I wrote about it on Instagram, and Fox News picked it up as news, and then everyone bought it. We weren't going to play any shows for a year anyway. But the people watching Fox News don't give a shit about no effects. They just care about the outcome. That their outcome led to negative consequences for this band. Do you feel like you were giving them fuel? I never thought about that, but it's like you're going to cancel our shows. I'm going to make some kick-ass lemonade out of this. Our first show in Europe next week. We sold over ten thousand tickets. That's more than we've ever fucking sold. All our shows were selling out in crazy big venues in Europe, and it's because we're banned in the U.S. But this is such a revealing microcosm of what's happening in the country. You effectively use this to rile up your fan base and have them back you even harder, whereas the right used Fox News to smear these punks, these bad liberals, these Trump haters or whatever. Everything is getting more divided, and you're part of that in the same way someone like Kathy Griffin was. And I'm happy to be a part of that. The day Kathy Griffin, post, the day Kathy Griffin got busted, I knocked Trump's head off with a baseball bat, a Trump statue. That was all over the internet. She took it that day, Kathy Griffin, but fuck her for apologizing. What the fuck? You're going to make a political statement and apologize for it? You fucking pussy. Aside from the business repercussions, did getting that blowback? I like that. That blowback. Yeah, they took my blow. I got it back. Did it affect you on a personal level? Either when your friends were not standing up for you or looking at the comments? I didn't look at the comments, but it was the worst week of my life. Why? Because a few people called me. Fletcher from Pennywise called me. Kevin Lyman called me. Jelly Biafra. Jack Grisham from TSOL. What were those conversations about? How to help me out of it. Fletcher gave me the best advice. It took me three days to write an apology. Everyone was like, why'd you take so long? Because we had to think about it. We weren't doing some, ah, I'm on drugs. I'm going to rehab. Bullshit that Billy Joel would have give, would give. I wanted to really think about what we did. Fletcher said he'd been through this before. He said don't say the don't say the word, but don't say we're comedians, but we're artists. Think of the eight-year-old kid whose mother didn't come home. And I honest and I, I honestly think it was a really lame thing for us to say, considering where we were. Anyone else in the country that has a problem with it, fuck them. But I feel bad for the security guards and anyone else who may have been there, because that would have been the most horrible night of their life. The new Koki album seems to have a few songs to that point to this. Fuck you all. Yeah, it seems like you were trying to get across that you felt betrayed. Yeah, I'd never been betrayed before like this. Not just people not standing up for me, but how my business partners bailed on me. Like, do you know how you do you know who you got in bed with? What's happening now is Punkin Drublic is back. It's now Camp Anarchy Fest, and I have a new partner, a way better partner. I was just gonna wait it out a little bit, like I said. Our ticket sales are bigger than ever, but the Koki thing is a different beast. The lyric I wanted to ask you about was, I see Switzerland in reverse Nazis. Is that a reference to the people who didn't, didn't take a side in defending you? No, I was writing a no effect song about neutrality because Switzerland claimed neutrality during World War II. They shot down a couple of German planes, but they took all the Jew gold and all the teeth and made private bank accounts so the Nazis could have wealth. I just looked at it and thought, oh, Nazis is the word Switzerland backwards. It's in the word. Someone gets killed or dies in almost every song on this record. Where did that come from? I've had a lot of tragedies in my life. Not many people have had to take down their hanging roommate. There's one song about killing your mother. Where did that come from? Well, I did. She was dying of cancer and she asked me to kill her. It was terrible. I wrote that song a month after I did it, 12 years ago. I was never going to release it, but I had to get it out. They're all true stories. That's why when I'm on stage, it's really difficult. The first song is about my ex-wife, Soma, and she attempted suicide in the bathtub, and I found her just in time in Costa Rica. She was floating there with water in her mouth. You were with Soma for so long, eight years, but then you got married and it quickly didn't work out. What happened there? She just had the most damaging childhood I could ever imagine. The more she loved me, the less she tried to back away. Just sabotaged because she couldn't trust anybody. It's really so sad. The second song on that record is called Fair Leather Friends. When I moved to San Francisco with her, my best friends Eric Melvin and manager Kent Jamieson and their wives and all my other friends treated her like a fucking whore. I mean worse. I stopped getting invited out. I didn't get invited to Tony Sly's annual bonfire. I didn't know about it until this year when I got invited. What about her rubbed them the wrong way? They were threatened by her. And the other thing is, my first wife told them that I cheated on her, and I didn't even meet Soma until I left her. I don't lie or embellish, ever. I don't. I've only slept with two women in 30 years. How is that so? I was with Aaron for 22 years, and I was with Soma for eight. I saw a lot of dominatrixes, but never had sex with another woman, because I believe in honor. That's why you can't ask any band on Fat Records after 27 years Not one band will say we ripped them off in any way. Do you like being single? It's kind of fun. It's fun, kind of. But Soma was the love of my life. It's horribly sad to know we'll never be together again. Are you on speaking terms? Yeah, I mean, we have the musical together. Do you use the Koki persona to exercise this kind of stuff? These Koki songs were about three years in the making. Recording the songs wasn't cathartic or therapeutic. It was horrible the whole time. I imagine it's difficult to perform. Yeah, I didn't consider that when we booked shows. Since the Vegas incident, are you more conscientious of people having phones out at your shows? No, I'm not slowing down. I'm still going to say whatever the fuck I want. I know I was taken down for a reason. It was politically motivated. Nobody fucking cared Monday or Tuesday in Vegas. Some kids sold it to TMZ, and some country radio station got a hold of it, and then the Republican Party got a hold of it. All it is, punk rockers, you think they fucking care, and that's the end of that. So, pretty interesting stuff there, fat Mike. Oh man, um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty crazy thing that happened when he said all that stuff, or when they said all that uh, in Vegas. Um, I mean, personally. I wasn't upset about it. There are no effects. They've said some fucked up shit for a long time, but it happens, man. Sometimes you just gotta roll with the punches. That's showbiz, right? Um, so we just read an interview with no effects fat. Mike punk rocks and sort notorious punk. Um, this is the first time he's talked about what happened in Vegas. When, uh, Punkin' Drublet got canceled. And they got taken down for a little bit. Um, I'll have the link up so you can read it. Might be some links. Yeah, there's some links in here. You can uh, check out if you want. But thanks for coming. Okay, bye.